Welcome everyone on this 365 Message Centre show. We're going to be covering a visual refresh for SharePoint. Uh, there is also a, a new way of deploying the new teams and uh, the loop component uh, will now open up in loop.microsoft.com. This episode is sponsored by the ESPC event. So welcome, welcome to this week's episode. Um, Daniel, uh, tell me a little bit more about ESPC. What's going on there? Yes, the European SharePoint and Office 365 and Azure as well uh, conference is happening in November, November 27th through the 30th. And we are so happy that they are sponsoring and they're giving us a actually uh, a entry, a ticket to give away to our audience. And we'll be doing that in the coming weeks. Uh, so be uh, looking out for that. The ESPC is a conference for that's been going on for a while. One of the largest ones where you know uh, industry experts and Microsoft people are come together and uh, share information with uh, so many people. It's happening in Amsterdam. You know, you think about you know the of course the Microsoft 365 tools, SharePoint, but also Azure community will be coming together mm. for that conference. And so you can find uh, more about the conference at SharePointEurope.com. So we'd love to, I'll be there, love to uh, meet you and greet you and give you some stickers. So make sure that um, you register now and we will, uh, we'll see you there. The thing I like about uh, conferences based in somewhere like Europe is everybody's so close. Um, it mm. seems like it's easier to just get people along to events like that mm. with such a variety of expertise and people and community mm. uh, that uh, you know you just jump over a few borders and <laughs> be part of the be part right. of the experience. So yeah. that would be fantastic. Exactly. Daniel, I'm getting to go to to Melbourne um, in a couple of mm. days' time over to Australia to for for that kind of experience. Is that where Melbourne is? Australia, Melbourne. I'm just, yeah. I'm just joking. Well, it's not a, it's not like an island of New Zealand. I made that joke last week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This week, speaking of this week, I don't know you didn't, but you were talking about last week. Speaking of this week, <laughs> um, we have some good updates here on Teams. Uh, there's quite a few updates we've got on Teams. So, um, mm -hmm. I think uh, before we jump in and add value, I'm going to ask everyone to give a thumbs up for this video and give us a subscribe down below. And, and if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you subscribe so you download every episode uh, and give it a rating in uh, on that podcast platform, wherever you get your podcast, of course. Uh, make sure that you follow us on socials at 365MCS on all the socials that actually matter. We're there. We'd love to uh, have conversations with you there. So... Hey, I saw your message too earlier this week about us uh, almost uh, at six years of, of mm. doing this show. Um, yeah, it has been quite a ride. And thank you well, for everyone who engaged yeah. on, on that post as well to say, hey, absolutely. love the content, love the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Six years since the first episode that I joined. You had, you'd been doing it for a few weeks prior to that. Um, 
and uh, then you made the mistake of inviting me on, and I stuck around. I didn't leave. Uh, so yes, I realized cheers. I needed some help. <laughs> no. I'm happy to be here, though. Well, great. And, and with that, Daniel, um, hmm. I, I'm, I'm happy to hear about the first message that we're going to cover. Okay. It is. Which no is. transition. That's it. <laughs> You're no, just no, no! I just happy to hear. Okay. If oh, I said fine. enough it's of fine. it in there, it's going to. Uh, over it's here. fine. Over SharePoint platform visual refresh MC six six zero zero seven three. This message it's it's a pretty quick one, but I think people will enjoy what it is doing, what's happening, which is giving a nice uh, kind of a it is a visual refresh on. Um, with softer edges, you know, a, a different gray palette, um, rounded corners. Uh, we, in fact, I did have a client who expressed the, t um, saying there's too many squares. Uh, so, you know, giving a little bit of a, just a bit of a f visual refresh. So in this message, you could see they've got some nice screenshots showing where those refreshes are happening, where where were they're rounding the corners, where they're they're getting a little softer with the gray, um, and and enhancing you know that experience. You know this is not as big of of a uh, change that has been talked about from a design perspective in SharePoint that was talked about and announced previously this year uh, that will be rolling out soonish hopefully. Um, but this is part of you know this update to Fluent Design, and I think it'll be part of that, um, you know, just one small part, but of, you know, updating SharePoint, giving in that visual refresh that, you know, I think people kind of expect now in web design. Um, so uh, it's good. Like I said, real quick, this one is be rolling out late July. So, you know, now-ish. And expected to be completed by early August, which is, you know, this week uh, for standard release. So you should be, if you don't have it already, then you should be experiencing it pretty soon, Daryl. So yeah, take a just, closer look at those corners and, and you might yes. find that they're already rounded. Indeed. And if you go and schedule a Teams channel meeting uh, to discuss those that visual refresh then uh, I think an update will help you let everybody have that on their calendars. Certainly. Uh, channel meeting invitation allow organizers to send a channel meeting invite to everyone in the team. That's MC661224. Uh, Daniel, I know that uh, you and I are not the only ones who have been confused a bit about how channel meetings work within Microsoft Teams, that uh, sometimes we will send that message out, or rather we will create the meeting in the channel, and everyone will hear about it. And that's what we want, because we want to give them the option, and so they can add it to their own calendars. Sometimes we don't want it to operate that way. Um, and it, it, it seems to depend on how you've created your team, uh, whether people have gone in and subscribed to the mailbox behind the team or not, it's a varied experience, isn't it? How have you found and heard from clients about about that? Yeah, exactly, exactly right. It's when I create a meeting and not everybody got it. Why not? And you know, I think when we were talking about this on social, I brought it up to say, "Hey, look, this is happening." People are like, "Wait, we already get emails." 
And uh, you're right. You chimed in like, well, it depends. Because if a user goes and says, no, I don't want these these group these group emails and I don't want these things coming, well, then they won't get that. And um, they'll be absent from your meeting unless they go into the channel and see that it's going on right now. So um, I think it's good to be able to send the individuals and, and individual emails. I think you and I have talked about this a couple of times, at least on the show in the years past that, you mm. know, channel meetings are, can be difficult um, when working with not only technology and apps and such, but also notifications and, and whatnot. So I, I think this is, this is actually, it's a short message, but it, I think it's for me, will be a big impactful. Deal. Yeah. yeah. Impactful because the, the value of a channel meeting is, is large, like, Having it in a place where everyone can see it, get to it, all the content that's related to it is kept in the channel. The conversation continues there as well. whole lot of value, but because the the experience was inconsistent, it all depended on whether you had subscribed everyone to inbox updates or not, or people had managed to find the way to do that themselves. The difference here with this feature is that it's now going to be on the invite you create. You'll be able to toggle that on and off per meeting as you're organizing it. So that is fantastic. You get the choice and you get to make that appropriate choice at the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is rolling out uh, early August uh, next week, expected to be complete mid-August. Very quick turnaround, quick message, uh, but quite impactful. Daniel, um, our next message we're covering uh, is is actually still impactful, but but I wonder if it's a positive impact for us as people, or more about Microsoft. What is it? I you're giving a whole lot there away because you're kind of leading us down the path of of your thoughts. But let's talk about it. Updated experience for Office document conflict resolution in OneDrive Sync, MC660614. Um, this is the conflict resolution, meaning I'm syncing. I'm, I'm pretending like I'm the OneDrive Sync client. I'm Are you syncing, syncing when I'm syncing, though, Daniel? Ha-ha! <laughs> well, yes. However, something has changed, and I can't re resolve the sync, okay? Uh I think we've all, if you use OneDrive, you're using documents in SharePoint libraries and OneDrive that you're probably going to run into this. Hey, I've had a problem. There's been an issue syncing with the document was there. Maybe it was changed by, you know, any. So you need to resolve this. Right now you can say, well, okay, let's open it up and merge the things, right? Let's let's make it happen. Or you can fork it. Which I think saying fork it is very interesting. You can say I want keep you to a copy. Be careful to enunciate that correctly, Daniel. Yes, fork, fork it. So um, you can keep both copies, and basically what it'll do is it'll pin the computer name at the end of the file name so that it it keeps both. However, now with this change, you cannot fork it any longer. You will only have the option to open the documents in Office and merge the changes. Um, mm. Daryl, yes. you know, I look at this and go, wait, you're taking away an option from me. Um, and in fact, I will, I will actually say 90% of the time I fork it. 
I actually say keep both copies because I don't want to oh, deal yeah. with it right now, to be honest. I'm on to something else. Like, I don't want to deal with it. Yep. So removing that option and, and making me say and saying, hey, you have to deal with this right now. Stop the flow of work, what you're doing. Deal with it right now. What What do you do? You, am I over? Am I exaggerating this? Is this, you know, as big of a problem? I'm not saying it's huge. I'm just saying it. This yeah, is yeah. not beneficial to me. Uh, it, it, yeah, this is impactful to the flow of your work. Hmm. Now, you, you, sure, you could ignore it for a little while and keep working, but doesn't that just kind of gnaw away at the back of your mind that are my changes actually coming through properly and is this mess going to become messier? Uh, that When I see a message like this and the only option I have is to merge these changes, then I'm going to try and deal with it at the time that I see it. And if my only option is to merge, it's better to try and deal with it now before you've got mm. even more changes to merge. Because yeah. you've got to go through and think, okay, well, is, is this truly, you know, how I want it to merge? And is this ending up with the result that we intend? Um, mm -hmm. This is quite a change. But like I asked earlier too, Daniel, like, is this something that is helpful to us as people uh, or is it because we often choose the keep both copies option and that creates a whole lot of storage woes? Yeah. I mean, is this, is this a problem where there's just extra files sitting out there and Microsoft doesn't want to pay for the storage anymore? Um, or is this, it could also be, have some impact on, you know, we're trying to remove versions that are separate documents, right? We don't want, version one, version two, final, final, no, really, this is final, right? You, you just want the document. And with mm -hmm. this, uh, with the forking it, where basically you're saying, okay, add another document, uh, you know, causes that problem, which is the new, which is the correct version, right, to be using. So I, I don't know the answer to that. You know, what, what is the major driver on this? But for me, I think is, uh, taking away an option is going to negatively impact because what you're just saying, you're going to have to deal with it right now. Whenever it comes up, you're basically going to have to deal with it and merge, um, merge those. So this is, uh, rolling out, um, now I believe, uh, it'll be early August, 2023. So soonish, I uh, expect to be rolled out late. And of course, this is be a update to the Office, or uh, the OneDrive. Sorry, the OneDrive Sync client. Mm. Um, speaking of new things, um, something I don't rarely hear is, "Man, I'd really like uh, the new teams to be forced on me." But um, I, let's talk about how that's going to happen, Pero. Sure. Uh Never would want to force that on you, Daniel. I want to give you choice, uh, at least until it's the only option and all the all the crinkles and wrinkles have been ironed out. Uh, deploy new Microsoft Teams with Microsoft 365 apps, MC double six one two four one. This is going to impact those who are rolling out Microsoft 365. You've got the Office applications that you download click to run down they come it will now uh, be downloading current teams and new teams in the background uh, 
and that will mean that you will have the option to switch between the old and the new. Today, if you want to try out new and you've got that switch, you're downloading it on demand. You click the switch across, down new, new Teams comes, and it is actually a separate installation so that when you're switching between old and new, uh, there is that separation. It's not like a, an upgrade that you've got to downgrade, downgrade again later and uninstall. So that's that nice convenience. Now this message is really just talking about it's going to be part of the package. It's preparing to have the new teams ready and in the background so that you can switch over and start trying it. Uh, we know that there are still some things that need to be ironed out with the new teams, uh, whether it be uh, reliability, uh, certain features that, that we do depend on that don't quite work yet. Um, it's all coming as, as, as time progresses. Uh, Daniel, do you feel like I've, I've lowered your concerns about having new teams forced on you? Are you you're comfortable that we're no. still going to have that switch? No, it, it is fine because it really actually is a better experience for the user for when they want to try the new experience. Because what you just said, it's actually a negative experience if they don't already have it downloaded, right? Because it has to go and yeah. download it. And it's not small. So, you know, it's actually it helps that first run experience of, oh, I want to try the new one. Well, it's already there. And it mm. can then fire up and, and show it to them. So I th it for the user, it's better. Uh, obviously, if you think that the classic teams is going to always be around you're mistaken so this is not surprising that the new teams is being you know packaged up part of the m365 apps it's not but plan mm. that you know um plan for that extra bit of of uh of bits haha <laughs> extra bit of bits that extra load of the new teams being part of m365 apps being deployed initially Yes. And it's it's kind of uh forward planning for that that you know once you have the new teams there and in the background even if you're not using it it's going to receive updates to it so that when you do choose to use it it's not just dealt with as just this separate app that needs to be managed and updated it will happen. So you're kind Absolutely. of you're already uh, reducing some of their admin workload. Now, if you do want to prevent the automatic installation, there is an option that's talked about at the bottom of the message. You can go through that and use config.office.com to make a couple of changes to a policy there, uh, and um, and you know put it off for a bit longer. But you know just just try it out. See see um, see how it, it does help to prepare you and your organisation. Uh, moving right along to a, another Teams message, Daniel, um, tell us about uh, meetings. Yes. Join third-party meetings from Teams, MC661228. Uh, this is really addressing an issue that I've experienced multiple times. Um, and, well, multiple, many times. <laughs> uh, let's make sure we're clear. Is... If you're working with an organization maybe that has um, a send you an invite to a different um, online meeting platform and they you you open up that meeting in teams what do you do well you you open it up from the calendar and go oh this is not a teams meeting so now i've got to 
Hopefully it's hyperlinked properly and I can just click on it and then it opens up in the browser. If not, copy, paste, you know, figuring all that out. Uh, so what this is doing is Teams is going to be smart and say, okay, I can recognize this is an online meeting. It's not Teams, which means you're going to have a subpar experience. But, you know, it's withholding its opinions. It's actually just going to say, okay, fine. Um, you know, too bad for you. You're not going to have optimal experience, but all right. It's going to light up the join button so that when the user uh, clicks the join button, Sorry, actually I just join. visualized this little pop-up that comes up before that, Daniel, that says, are you sure you want to use this other product? <laughs> <laughs> or, or it just says, uh, just a reminder, this is not Teams, so don't blame us when you don't like the experience. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think the question here for me, Daryl, though, is how is Teams going to know to light up the join button? Um, yeah. You know, is it going to look at the body of the message and go, oh, there's a hyperlink there? Is it going to be smart? Or is it going to be like, well, I'm going to look for these four platforms, and if it says that anywhere, it's then. Mm. Or do you, or does the location field, you know, have to have the URL? Like, I, I don't know how it's yeah. going to work, um, because I get different ones. Sometimes it's there's a URL there, uh, in the location. Sometimes it just says, you know, whatever platform it is, Google Meet or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I just don't know. Um, how that's going to work. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think? You think it's going to be well, just Well, I think you're asking all out? the right questions. Yeah, I think you're asking all the right questions. Um, a, a standard Google Meet invite will have a certain format um, and it will have the link added to it in a certain way. I think it's going to be looking for those standard kinds of invites from the platforms that will be supported, the third-party platforms, uh, because... It'll know what to do with it based on the link. It'll light up the join button so that that works within Teams and you can go through to whatever that third-party platform meeting solution is. Yeah. Uh, we know that even in Teams scenarios, there are some of us that have to organize meetings where we're taking those details and we're dropping them into an, a separate meeting invite entirely. <laughs> and even then, the join button doesn't light up. So that's why I think it'll be all based on whatever that standard meeting invite looks like and whether the button will light up. 100%. That, I think that's where it's going to get tricky is what if someone copied and pasted the Google Meet or Zoom? whatever platform Zoom yeah. and put it in there and it doesn't for, follow the format. It could be smart and look at, oh, I see a URL that says join, click here. Yep. And in the URL, it's zoom.com or zoom.us or whatever it is or whatever mm. and then it lights it up i mean that would be that'd be interesting because then that would work for teams as well right someone mm. pasted a teams link but didn't make it a proper teams meeting and and could it yeah. then i don't know that that's interesting some food for thought guess what it people could we improve, don't know the answer right <laughs> that's right it yeah. totally can improve this is rolling out preview late August 2023 and expected to be completed by early September. Uh, we don't have any other time frames. It's only just preview. I, I kind of feel like that's maybe just saying <laughs> preview is late August and then everybody else just kind of follows. I don't know. But yeah, maybe we'll see this 
this message get updated later on with additional yeah. time frames. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I do. The only thing I do kind of want to call out just a little bit here is it says in the first sentence, when a meet a third party meeting is created in Outlook or OA, which is Outlook Web, right? Then you'll be able to get the join. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if you oh. get a Google Meet or join uh, a Zoom from a totally different platform sent to you, you know, like the, a Google Suite or whatever, and it's sent hmm. in. Will this actually work? That I don't know. That'll be interesting. Actually, that's a good point because that kind of negates what I said earlier. You know, if we're just receiving a, a native Google invite to a Google Meet meeting, then it wasn't created in Outlook, so won't know what to do with it. Need some clarity here. Come yeah. on, clarity. Speaking of clarity, let's loop this up, people. Tell us about loops opening on the Microsoft.com domain, sir. Yeah, Please. well, Daniel, uh, thank you for that. Um, you got me back. You've just said the message. Anyway, that was the show for the week. No, I'm just kidding. Um, loop component links will now open in loop.microsoft.com, and that is MC661826. Early on when you create a loop component and you want it to open up in your browser, so you could do that by clicking the, the name of the, the loop in, let's say, the chat, for example. It will open up in office.com, and, I don't know, quite a, quite a plain page. Felt like... Um, in fact, it felt like it was the same page that was used to show a, a preview of what the Fluid framework was like way back, like four or five years ago. Um, now, what will happen is a component will open up in your browser. It'll go to loop.microsoft.com, not office.com. It will, if you are an organization that has turned on the use of the Loop app and Loop workspaces, then your loop component, which is not part of a workspace, will actually open up in the loop app. Cool. You know, it's using the appropriate app to read the loop component. Won't necessarily perform the same as a loop page. Uh, attend my course if you want to find out a bit more about that. But it is opening in that familiar loop application. Um, if your organization is not using the loop application yet, plenty of good reasons why you aren't. That's fine. Um, it is going to open up in still. It'll still use the the loop.microsoft.com link, um, but it will it will just appear to be a where was it there? You'll you'll have view and edit access um, from loops that are created in Microsoft three six five applications. Feels like it's well, it's not really clear, is it? Like the way I read that, it doesn't really say that it's going to open in the loop app, it's going to use the domain. Maybe it's still going right. to still look like it's on the office.com page. What do you think? I, I think I'm kind of I'm same, I'm aligned with you here that uh, I don't think it's going to be opening up in the in the app, it, it just will be opening up in the browser, like in as an office. Um, mm. so, but I don't know. And I think that's, you know, a little bit confusing on this one. And it's one of those, we'll see. Um, so yeah. I think for, um, you know, 
the education part on on this for your users is just to know that uh, the process will what we think will be similar to what it has been before but i feel like it's mm -hmm. one of those you're going to need to test and you know if you're doing it you know we've talked to you about this before uh that you should have a targeted tenant already you know set aside that you do testing and and so forth with um, so do that so you can test to see how this is going to work in your targeted uh, release tenant before it gets to standard release for the rest of your users. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll clear this up. Maybe I'll try and find out a bit more about it and, and share more as a part two. But um, for those who are using the Loop app, great experience. Brings it all together. You're closer to the rest of your workspace content, mm -hmm. and then you can choose to add it to a workspace easily. So uh, that is a targeted release rolling out early September and completed mid-September and standard release late September complete early October. And that, Daniel, is the show. Mm. All the messages nice. that we plan to cover anyway. Plenty more that we said, uh, we'll leave that up to others to, to take a look at. Yeah, no, there's there's some some that we were like, oh, that's a quick mention. That's a that's a quick update that, um, you know, that we were like, oh, we'll leave that for for uh, another time. But, you know, really what I would like to see is, hey, if you see a message that you just don't understand or want our opinion on, you know how to get in touch with us, that we are on all the socials that matter at 365MCS. So mention us, say, hey, I'd like to pick your brain on this would love to engage with you there on the socials uh, and make sure that if you're listening go ahead and give it a share share this episode out right now go ahead it's fine we'll wait are you done we great. have to wait you, you paused and then they came back okay great go ahead and share this please and let people hey i watched this show and it helps me uh, you should watch too I, i'd really appreciate if you do that and make sure you tag us at 365 mcs so we can see that we do greatly appreciate it so thanks, and we'll see you again next week on episode 297. Have a great week. Bye for now.